Hello and welcome to Series 2 of the Ran By Nature podcast. I am the founder and host, Bryna Christmas. Ran By Nature is an ethical and sustainable athleisure clothing brand, creating positive change to people and the planet through an inclusive community. The clothing will be launching soon and I will provide updates here. So make sure you have subscribed on your preferred podcast platform. This week I received the toils and samples of the clothing and I have been receiving feedback via Instagram polls and testing the fit and feel of the products to make sure they are supporting you in all elements. Series 2 of the podcast focuses on planting a seed by sharing brands, businesses and other people's challenges and experiences to encourage you to take that first step and make a change. In today's episode, I am joined by Taj, more famously known on Instagram perhaps as Concrete Rose, a runner, powerlifter and advocate for black and Muslim women and indeed any women. This summer, Taj is planning to compete in the Sisters of Powerlifting meet and she set herself a challenge of running in all 50 states. To date, she has completed 12. We talk about her experiences of running and powerlifting, the successes and challenges that women, in particular black and Muslim women, face. You can follow Taj's powerlifting progress at Sisters of Powerlifting and at Legends of the Sisterhood. You can also personally connect with Taj at Concrete Rose underscore 76. Here is episode 12. Hello Taj, how are you today? I am doing well, how are you? I am very well, thank you, and a happy new year to you. Happy new year to you. We're finally in 2021. Yes, finally. 2020 was extremely different. It was a weird moment, very stressful time. Glad to be out of it and hopefully much better for 2021. (laughs) Are you a New Year's resolution kind of person who likes to start the year off by setting new intentions and goals or is that not for you? I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Since I already had some goals that I want to try to achieve this year already, there was nothing to like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for 2021. Some of those goals were supposed to take place last year. So it's just pretty much finishing up where I started. (laughs) So it's nothing new at the moment. And it's hard for me to predict anything all the way, plan things out because of the situation we in with the pandemic and trying to just keep to the goals that I was supposed to do from last year. And that's it. That's good. So those goals are true to you and there's no expiration date. There's no time limit for them. Exactly. I feel like there can be that pressure when it comes to the 1st of January, a new year and people almost feeling forced like they have to set a specific goal or a new intention. A lot of pressure that Culturally, we just feel like we just got to do all these things and achieve all these things and get stuff done. And I think that's what was so hard for a lot of people last year because we had all these plans and last year kind of represented 
we don't always have control over everything and you kind of got to learn how to go through life not aimlessly but just go through life where you prepare for the ups and downs and kind of know how to navigate that i think that's one of the things that 2020 taught us is that we don't really have control over everything and that we have to learn how to modify stuff absolutely that flexibility and adaptability to just take each day as it comes really and on that note this morning I saw your post on Instagram you had completed a workout and you were referring to a particular quote on a bracelet that you were wearing yeah I picked that one out the color and the the quote because they have it where you can customize or choose a quote and then the band which color you want for it so I thought that was for me it's important that I be my own hero (laughs) so is pink one of your favorite colors it's one of my favorites yeah looking at your Instagram page it seems that you are an active individual you exercise regularly and you set goals around exercise and sport yes I fell off according to my standards I fell off a lot from last year just the adjustment of being at home our gym was closed for like six months pretty much it was closed for almost like six months that was stressful um it was difficult for me to try to adjust with working out from home I didn't want to do that so I was quite stubborn about that and then because I hadn't been running as much prior to the pandemic that was difficult to get back into so it was just even up until just now I'm getting into a schedule just getting myself organized but overall yeah I'm pretty consistent with the working out it's just been like eight months of like just being all over the place and not doing what I was supposed to be doing because I'm you know I had a whole coach and powerlifting coach like I was just like on this schedule and meeting my goals and all I got crushed and I don't know it just everything just threw me off (laughs) it's been difficult but the last couple months I've been trying to be consistent with at least running and my goal is to get back into the gym this week because I have a meet coming up in June so I gotta like pull it together quick (laughs) oh that's super exciting we will have to chat about the meet and it's completely understandable isn't it that people felt quite lost, untethered, they'd lost their routine and their anchor. And as we mentioned earlier, it was an adjustment period for everybody. So in terms of the powerlifting and the running, which one came first and do you have a preference? Um, Running was first. So I've been a runner since, well, a long distance runner since 2013. That's all I was pretty much doing for the most part. I mean, I did some strength training, but most of my athletic times were just mostly running. So much so that I created a goal that I wanted to run all 50 states, all seven continents. You know, I just had this whole plan. But powerlifting was something that I've always wanted to get off into. I thought about it like in 2015, but didn't know how to get into that, how to train for it. I just didn't know. So I just put it on the shelf to stay the runner but I was given an opportunity last year from Sisters of Powerlifting 
I was invited to be one of the competitors in their meet that was supposed to actually happen last year in May, but of course, you know, that didn't happen. And it's an all women's powerlifting meet. I think it's one of the first or one of going to be one of the largest all female powerlifting meet in the U.S. But yeah, when I got invited to that, then I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. And then that's when I got me a coach and started training and then everything collapsed after that. It was always like something along with being becoming a triathlete. That was the two things that I wanted to achieve at some point as a runner. Out of the 50 states then, how many did you manage to complete? I have completed so far, if my brain is correct, I think I've done 12 states. Do you have a favourite state in which you raced? I enjoyed Colorado, but I didn't do a half marathon there. I only did a 5K. I went there as because I'm an ambassador for skirt sports. So I was pretty much there for that trip. But love Colorado. It's pretty. It's like the weather was crappy everywhere I went. Let me think. <laughs> it was either the course. Let me think. Let me think. Um, Virginia did my Virginia. South Carolina. Maybe South Carolina. That was maybe decent. The rest of them. It was always something I didn't like. <laughs> um, the finish line when I did Chicago, that was, you know what, Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio was nice. So I'll say Cleveland, Ohio. Do you prefer road running or trail running? I like road running and trails. Not so much the treadmill, um, unless it's like short distance, three, four miles on the treadmill. But I prefer being outside. For the Sisters of Powerlifting meet that you are preparing for, are you going to complete all of the lifts? Yeah, so it's all three lifts that's included, which is the bench, the deadlift, and the squat. Yeah. Do you have a favourite out of the three? I like deadlifts a lot. Bench will be second, squats are last, only because I suffer from what they call like runner's knees. Getting my form down, that was like, that's one of the most difficult things. I probably eventually like it, but it's last. <laughs> it's my least favorite. How do you manage training for powerlifting at the same time as your running training? Have you found that they complement each other or perhaps they are of detriment in some instances? I really haven't done both that much simultaneously because... When I was a runner, I was just mostly doing that. And then when I decided to get up into powerlifting, I just completely stopped uh, running altogether because I couldn't find a way to recover from my training and then also run. So as of right now, I have a, a Ragnar race, which is a, it's a trail race that we're supposed to be doing as a group. It's a group of eight ladies that we're planning to do in April. And that's 120 miles. We all, eight of us have to cover 120 miles together. So I do have to train for that. The thing is now is me trying to figure out how to train for both because pretty much I'm going to have to do both. I'm going to train as a powerlifter and train as a runner. I've seen quite a few people become hybrid athletes where they can do both. I just have to figure out what days to do this, to do that. And also have enough time to recover and get stronger with 
my powerlifting where the run is not detrimental to the strength gains that I need for the powerlifting. Yeah, I gotta manage that. <laughs> Do you tend to run by yourself or are you part of a running group and then with the strength training? You mentioned that you, under normal circumstances, of course, would go to the gym. Again, do you tend to train by yourself or do you prefer to get involved with group training? Sometimes I run with the group, but most of the time I run by myself just due to my schedule. You have Black Girls Run that's here and you have Black Men Run that's here. but And then it's also, we have Jeff Galloway Run Group that's there, but I'm always working, I'm doing something on a Saturday, so I'm not really able to do with either run groups as much as I would like to, so most of the time I run by myself. We've talked about some of your goals and also successes through sport. Now, either through sport or generally in life, what would you consider has been your greatest failure? It's not putting myself first and not in a way where I'm just dismissive of my family and children or whatever, but not putting myself first years before I actually started. I wish I would have had an epiphany, (laughs) maybe mid-20s, late-20s. I wish I would have thought about putting myself first then rather than later. Do you think powerlifting and running has helped or perhaps enabled you to then put yourself first and by engaging in exercise, whether it is powerlifting or running or any other sport, has that enabled you to shift from not prioritizing your own needs and not putting yourself first and now actually doing what feels right for you? Both sports have been very empowering to myself and they give me a sense of focus, something to look forward to because I'm just a person that's driven by any goals. I got to achieve something. So both have provided me structure. They have given me empowerment, strength, encouragement. It's been therapy. You know, when I'm stressed out or angry about something, both have provided me something where I I can create some form of balance. A question that I am often asked and I believe other active individuals who engage in sport and exercise are also questioned on is motivation and people want to know what motivates you to keep those goals, what motivates you to have this routine with powerlifting and running. Do you always feel motivated Or does it come in waves? Are there times where, even though you know the positives that powerlifting and running bring you, like you've just mentioned, do you sometimes feel, I don't really want to work out today? And in those circumstances, what is it that makes you put your shoes on and go out for a run or lift those weights? That's a good question. So now last year was the first time where I was, it was large chunks of time where I felt extremely unmotivated coming to terms with what I couldn't do. It it was just a lot of mental blocks that I put up. So at that point, I needed discipline that 
was able to push me to like get up and do certain things. But overall, I am a highly motivated person. I do need to have something ahead of me to push me to do something. So I'm not like a general runner where I just go out and just run just to be running. No, I have to run for purpose. It has to be a purpose. Now, powerlifting, that's something I can just do just because the running, I, I do have to have some motivation. It has to be something at the end that I'm going to achieve. So me running now, it's because I have a race coming up. So I need to be prepared for that. Otherwise, I may or may not. <laughs> I probably do it as much. <laughs> Maybe once a week or something, but 2019, 2018, 2017 and prior, I was highly driven with motivation and discipline too, because I became conditioned to goal setting and getting things done. Because I plan out what I'm going to do for the week. Okay, I'm going to work out this day, this day, this day. So I'm a planner. So those types of things keep me structured. Discipline was really something I had to lean on last year more than any other time. And I don't always feel motivated. I think a lot of people think that athletes that do workouts would appear to look consistently as like we always motivated, but usually it's it's discipline, it's for a lot of other reasons outside of I guess what's perceived online. It's for health reasons. I'm getting older. You know, so it's a lot of things that keeps me on track. Or if I fall off, I get back on track eventually because there are certain realities that's just around that keeps me going. Having those core values and beliefs and other reasons certainly help to keep you going and keep that discipline when other factors out of your control, like a pandemic or other things going on in life, perhaps are making it more difficult for you to feel motivated. So that's where you're at now. But looking back, you know, pre-2013, before you started running, powerlifting, how did you feel then? Were you still in the same mindset? Did you feel as like motivated and confident that you could achieve these things, or did it feel slightly different when you began? Powerlifting, no, because the thing with training and powerlifting, you can control that, and that shows consistent progress. So what you put into that sport, you get out of it, like all the time. So the more you train, the stronger you get, and then that's a motivation to keep going. That's not a sport that will make you feel like you just can't do it. As for running, on the other hand, it's more injury prone. Your body can switch up on you at certain times. It's it's just, it's weird. I remember when I training for my first marathon and the whole six months of training, you know, I was exhausted at the end, but I didn't have like breakdown moments during those those training times but then when it became a time when I had to do the race like in mile 10 it was already my body was like given out or I was having physical issues when the whole six months training up to 20 miles there wasn't a problem but then race day it's a problem running it can get weird you have good days bad days and you can feel defeated depending on the circumstance, the environment, what did you eat, what did you do? Because running composes like a lot of stuff. Like if you're a long distance runner, 
it's about to rest. It's about recovery. It's about the food. It's so much. And anything that you do that's off track, it can throw you off. It can put you in injury. And then that's where you feel like you're failing. Within running and powerlifting then, what is it that you would define as being your greatest success? Is it when you hit a personal record on a lift and see that progress in terms of the numbers? Is it when you're running at a certain pace and you get a personal record in a 5k or a half marathon? Or is it something more personal to you? Is it about the connections that you make, the places that you visited, the friendships, etc.? Most sports, I would have to say I have gained quite a bit of friendships on both ends, which is fantastic. As far as the successes in that, with running, there was a point where I got to like real close. It was like maybe two minutes off (laughs) where I was at my three hour mark of finishing a half marathon. I finally reached that. I'm definitely not at that anymore right now. <laughs> it probably took me like a good four hours to finish. Powerlifting, I was making serious progress when I had a coach. But with that sport, if you don't stay consistent, you fall off pretty easily. Well, that's what I think. And it's like the constant rebuild. Like I've had goals with both. And as of yet, for me, I haven't reached my success yet. The powerlifting, you have to ask me that question maybe in, <laughs> by, by June. But running, I've had quite a few successes with my speed or with my endurance. Powerlifting is kind of back and forth because now I feel like I'm starting over. And I always think about, man, you know, the gym's never closed. By now, I would be doing lifting this, lifting that number, lifting that number. And that's kind of disappointing. So now I feel like I'm starting over, which is annoying. <laughs> How do you then deal with those times where you can't reach those numbers? Like you said, with powerlifting, if the gyms hadn't closed, where would you be? You feel like you're starting from scratch again. And there can be a lot of comparison, particularly online, but maybe just within gyms and running groups of who's got the fastest time. Somebody's improving more than somebody else. How do you deal with the focus on your own goals and then perhaps not comparing yourself to somebody else and therefore feeling maybe inadequate or not as good as someone else? I still kind of struggle with that because (laughs) with the running community, there is a variety. You do have all your fast runners. Okay, you got them. But then you have the slow runners, you have the back of the pack, if you want to call them that, and people in the middle so even in that store you find somewhere where there's others that's like you so you don't feel necessarily out of the loop or you're not you know up to the standard however with powerlifting I found that I'm more in my head with that sport because a lot of the ladies that like I'm gonna be competing with well we don't really see it like that but that's going to get on the platform with me, they like way advanced. And I know that they've put in way more time than I have, but I guess it bothers me because I'm like, geez, the gyms when they never close, I will be here. So it's just, it, it is like a mental roadblock a little bit where I do compare myself. 
she's doing this, doing that, and I'm still right here, you know, uh, because strength gains in that sport. When you stay on it, it, it happens pretty fast. So, you know, some people, their gym stayed open or they was able to train through the pandemic. So they was able to just be consistent and just move forward. Whereas I have been pretty much stagnant for like several months. So I do think that social media, if you will, and a lot of people go through this where they do compare, they they might fall into comparing themselves where I'm not doing whatever and she's able or he's doing this. I'm not doing it, you know, because we see what other people are doing. Even I have to remind myself, everybody's at their own pace and your progress is still laps over somebody that's not doing anything. But I think that's just a social media issue where we just naturally sometimes compare ourselves. It takes a lot to just look inward and just focus on you. What advice would you give to somebody then who is seeing these people on social media, is perhaps feeling a little bit inadequate, doesn't want to go and join a running group or join a gym and and start powerlifting or any other sport because they feel like they're inadequate and they have this real fear and lack of confidence? I dealt with that with powerlifting. I thought that the numbers that I would pull out wouldn't be sufficient enough or it's embarrassing. What is she doing? You know, but I become to realize that whatever you're getting into, you first have to do it for yourself and your pace is your pace. It's a quote that runners have focus on running in that mile. That's your mile. Just run that mile. And that's about not focusing on what everybody else is doing. Everybody had their starting point where they were wherever you're at. Just because someone is ahead of you, that doesn't necessarily mean they're ahead of you. It just means they just started sooner and you're just right here. It needs to be that mindset where everybody had a starting point. Everybody had to start from ground zero to progress to where they're at. And it's important that to get wherever you're trying to go, consistency, is like fundamental. Even if it's once or twice a week, I believe that consistency is where you build your confidence. It's where you get your discipline and your motivation. So it's consistency is like key. And that's one thing I try to stick with is being consistent. Like can't nobody say <laughs> I'm just like inconsistent. Like if anything, I'm always trying to stay the course for whatever I'm trying to go forward towards. And as far as like feeling like you can't do something or you're inadequate, that again is like a mental roadblock that we just put up for ourselves. And you got to get out of your head. You have to get out of your head and just go for it. And the organization and planning that you have mentioned with your training has helped you with that? Yep, it comes down to organization, yep. (laughs) And getting out of your head. A lot of roadblocks and a lot of things that we don't achieve to do is the negative self-talk that we have with ourselves. That's that's really the issue most of the time. It's not that your body's incapable, that you can't do it. It's really what we perceive and our perception around us, our perception of ourselves and thinking low of ourselves and I think that's just a society thing, that get out of your head and get out of your own way. We really do have that 
negative self-talk at times, don't we, that prevents us from taking that step forward, whether you want to call it the chimp, the inner voice, the negative self, however you refer to it. As mentioned, it's often us. We are getting in our own way. In terms of running and the running community, people tend to suggest that running is an easy sport. It's a relatively inexpensive sport. It's a sport that is open to everybody. Everyone can do it. All you need to do is put on your trainers and leave your home. Would you agree with that statement and that narrative? And from your own experience of running, have you found it to be inclusive and open to everybody? Good question. On the outside looking in, it does look like it is a sport for elite runners, people that's running like five minutes a mile. (laughs) It does appear that it is for predominantly white people. It's just for them. That's the narrative that has been pushed for several years. The upside is is that now that narrative is kind of changing where you're starting to see diversity of other people, like all shapes, sizes, disabilities, whatever, is being pushed out there. But it is assumed, I think, that that's a sport that not everybody can do. Even some people might think, well, some women, you can run in that? Yes, we can run in this. (laughs) So we wind up creating our own hijab and then our sport hijab and then you know of course nike came along and then they created the sport hijab whatever but the weird thing is we were always running like it took forever for companies or people to be like oh okay yeah you're all out there (laughs) when we kind of been doing this now it's starting to become more diverse but i think that's only because what you want to say minorities or not the average person has had to really push the idea that Muslims can run, fat people can run, black people run. Uh, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm out there in the race. We're out here and we want to be represented. And that let other people know that they have that chance too. Because it's just been far too long where it's just been this one image of what a runner looks like, where it's way more. You know, you have Native American runners, you have runners in Palestine. You know, it's just we're all over the place. We all look different. We're all doing the same sport, but it will be assumed that nobody's doing that. But I did the Cleveland race, it was a nun. She was in her house in the whole out there, half marathon. <laughs> you wouldn't know that that's happening unless you're there because the exposures not put on all of us, that this is for everybody. It's slowly becoming a thing. I just wish it didn't take like 40, 50 years to figure it out. It took a long time for everybody to recognize that. Yeah. Do you notice differences between running and powerlifting? Oh, powerlifting, I don't see a lot of Muslims that's doing that. It is more rare in that sport. Only because of, I think, the attire that is an issue is the modesty. So I think that deters a lot of Muslim women away from the sport because, you know, when you do a meet, you have to dress a certain way. 
that really doesn't match up to our modesty. As far as African-American people, we still are a minority in that sport. However, that's increasing and we're becoming to be more on the forefront of that as well. But that too is still considered like a sport for just one particular type of people or the image comes as comes off as it's predominantly a male sport and then it's a white male sport and then some women here and there involved that sport feels like it's coming along a little bit slower with you seeing the diversity and inclusivity in it whereas versus running the running community the inclusivity with that has broadened but that like again that taken others to have a voice to be like no we need to be saying no it's not just this one image that you always put on your cover all the time <laughs> i think both sports it's still a lot of work to be done but it's slowly making progress do you personally feel like you have to fight for this change and actively stand up for it running but with powerlifting more so because at one point, I thought I heard that you could wear like a full one piece bodysuit that was like, you know, cover your whole body, kind of like a catsuit type deal. But then one of the organizations banded it. So to me, I get that there's rules about making sure somebody's not cheating or they're not, they're not wearing something underneath the clothing to make them do this particular lift or whatever. I get that. But when you reject the notion of certain attire that can be approved to wear, then that's still excluding a broader set of people that can actually be involved in the sport. It's kind of even like with volleyball back in 2012 with the Olympics. You know, the Muslim women, they wanted to wear hijab and they wanted to wear full-length clothes or whatever that wasn't going to be constricting or having any problems playing the volleyball and they had to go through the federation. You know, it's just all of this. They wound up letting it pass, but it's just crazy that tennis, volleyball, powerlifting, a lot of some of the sports where either what I'm wearing on my head or what I'm wearing on my body is a problem when it doesn't have to be. Like it has nothing to do with restricting me or having me have any problems in the sport. I can do the sport. I just want to be modest. That's one of the issues that I find with the powerlifting is that I'm still having to fight for. But there's a petition out about it right now. Hopefully that gets resolved before June. Otherwise, I will have to figure out a way how to like cover myself in pieces. <laughs> because there's not a lot of Muslim women in that sport, it would take a lot of regular powerlifters to like push for that. But those are some of the upheavals that I find that some of us have to go through to be able to participate in the sport. And I think that needs to be looked into. I can't really stay in this sport if I can't constantly compete if my dress attire is something that's going to be an issue because outside of this one that I'm doing, which is all women's, which is fine, most powerlifting meets are mixed gender. So I don't really feel comfortable wearing the regular competitive suit that I would have to wear if it's mixed gender be a disappointment that the Federation wouldn't put that under consideration and just find a way on, okay, if you wear it, then these are the rules at least for it. 
you know, with running, that's not really an issue because you can wear whatever, do whatever. You know, it's not like it's this competition thing per se. That was just more so diversifying the faces of runners. That's what the running community had to deal with. For anyone listening who doesn't understand or isn't aware of why you dress modestly or what you mean by modest dressing, could you please just explain that? Perfect example. When Serena Williams had her child, um, she was going through some physical issues with having a baby. There's a picture out where, where she came out full body suit. That's like a form of modesty where your legs is covered, arms is covered, torso covered, you know, just all of that is covered. The Tennis Federation gave her a whole problem. And she's Serena. So it's like, those are the battles that we kind of deal with. <laughs> it had nothing to do with affecting her gameplay. She came on and did what she had to do. But for whatever reason, what she was wearing was a problem. Yeah, modesty is pretty much from neck down, you're covered. However, that works. What do you think are the reasons why the federations and the organizations are reluctant or resistant to approve or make these changes? Is it due to lack of representation, understanding and diversity on the boards? Is it tradition? What are some of the potential factors? I don't know why it's such a pushback on it. What? And when they give a reason, it's never really a good reason. It's never made sense. Even, for example, I remember it was a guy, a young man, where the coach wanted him to cut his dreadlocks off. Like, it had nothing to do with related to the sport. And it's just really weird where something about you has to be taken off. Cut your hair. You can't look like that. Don't wear this. And then when you ask why, there's no real reason why. They don't give a real good reason. And it takes so much effort in outing out the company, outing out the federation on why I can't do a particular thing. A young girl playing basketball. This was recent here in the United States. The school, I think, her off the basketball team because of her hijab. And it's like, what does the hijab have to do with <laughs> playing basketball? But they don't try to say it was for safety reasons. When no, their reason never really makes enough sense where you're like, okay, I guess for safety reasons, it, it just feels like it's just a reason to have some form of prejudice against a particular person, a group, a religion. You spoke about prejudice against certain groups and really it wasn't that long ago that women were perceived to not have a place or be able to participate in many sports. For example, the Boston Marathon, the famous pictures of Catherine Switzer who officially ran the Boston Marathon back in the 60s, but she was literally being dragged off of the course by other men who perceived that she just didn't have a place being there. Right. Like, even back then, women are supposed to run because her uterus might <laughs> Yeah. So she had to, like, make this whole big thing for it to be like, oh, okay, women can run now. It's just always this issue where you got to, like, make a big scene to be sane and that still goes on to look at. You spoke about the hijab potentially being a reason why certain sporting federations may not allow 
Muslim women to participate in that sport and with powerlifting the issue around the dress code. We have seen brands like Nike, Under Armour releasing hijab and modest clothing lines. Do you think that these brands are just profiting off of this idea behind modest wear? Are they doing it for the right reasons? Are they potentially almost putting Muslim women in a separate box and ostracizing them from other women? Now, of course, Muslim women will be dressing modestly, but what about other women? You don't just have to be Muslim in order to want to dress modestly. I do agree with that. I do. Even with like the power of the me, I know that some women who's not even Muslim wouldn't mind being able to wear like a full body suit. A lot of women don't mind having at least the option of being modest. Not everybody <laughs> wants to show everything all the time. So I do agree that companies need to, some companies, it would that would be a good idea to not just, okay, we're going to make a line, but then this line is just for the Muslim women. And then over here, it's just for, I think athletic attire should be the range of modesty should go from here to here. The spectrum should be from one to 10 and it should be open to anybody and not just assume that a certain religion will only want to do this. And then everybody else only want to do that. To me, that's poor marketing skills, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, even like the running skirts or tennis skirts, the whole significance behind that is women don't want to run and have their butt out. Mm-hmm. And that's not even something with <laughs> that has anything to do with any religion. Just, that's just what women want to do. That is a form of level of modesty. And I do think companies need to like broaden their perspective even in their sizes the sizing and the clothing line should be way more inclusive than it ever has been before it needs to it needs to change and it's not just modesty modest clothing that seems to be segregated as you spoke about earlier Taj running and sports we need to demonstrate diversity across different body shapes different body sizes But yet it still appears that sizes, size inclusivity, plus size range, however you want to word it, that also seems to be separate. And a lot of the sports and athleisure clothing for the larger sizes tends to either be separate or you can't find it. Yes. And I've even noticed that in certain stores, they'll have more modest attire for plus size women and more fashionable attire for them. And then it'll be more shorts, not so attractive attire, form fitting clothes for smaller sizes. Like, why would you assume that plus size women don't want to wear what you're advertising, what you put out for smaller sizes? And why would you assume that smaller sizes would be into? the modest attire, if you will, for plus size, like, the assumption is really strange. Just because she's plus size doesn't mean she wants to look like she's wearing a garbage bag and see that, like, oh, that's a nice set. But then it's outside of my weight range, and then for something else, I'm getting something that's much shorter, 
full stadium hunt. I don't get it. It'd be completely different wardrobe. Like they don't even make the same wardrobe and then just like you say, just have the sizes vary. No, it'll be they have this and you have that. <laughs> Is there anything that powerlifting and running has brought you that you really didn't expect it to bring you? The attention. <laughs> that mostly. I'm in like my own world and I don't put myself in a situation where my intention is to motivate me. I kind of just post and do what I do just to for you to see my journey. But it's turned into where people look up to me, it's expectations, which is fine. And I'm actually like a model of, okay, she did this so then I can attempt to do this. Okay, she was able to lose 50 pounds. Okay, so I'm going to do this. Or she did her so many half marathons. I can do that. I didn't know that I would become a model <laughs> or ideal or idea of either sport. But I'm happy with that. I just didn't expect it. And sometimes it feels like a little bit of pressure, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Because some people see things in me I don't see in myself. I guess because I'm really critical on myself so outsiders they be like oh man you're killing it you just i'm like to me i'm like underwhelming whatever i'm doing like i'm not doing hardly as what i had goals to do but if it inspires others and motivate and get them to do whatever they want to do i'm happy with that but it's mostly the attention (laughs) that i've gotten with it and all the friendships and building of the friendship mac you know some fantastic people in the running community, power of the community that I appreciate. And those sports have given me a chance where I've met, you know, I've got a chance to build relationships with a lot of people that I would not have had the opportunity, different types of forms of sisterhood that I would not have had if I didn't get offered to these sports. Your Instagram page and your posts, as you just mentioned, are for you. You use it to document your own journey and of course from that other people have become inspired and it's great to see you using the platform to encourage and give the confidence to other people so where did your instagram handle and name concrete rose come from well my daughter she thought of it mostly and that was more symbolic to where i've started and where i am now yeah, my life, you know, born up from a child, I've been through a lot. And the path that I could have went down from being a child to being a teenager, a whole different other story could have been written for me. And I've just struggled and just been through a lot over the years. Even once I became Muslim, married, children, it's just, it's been some moments of some woes, some lows and woes. And in the midst of that, I lost myself, my identity. The only thing that gave me a form of self was when I enrolled myself into college back in 2005. That's that's when I kind of was like, okay, I got to do something for me. That was like one of the things that kind of set me on a track of like, okay, this is for me. This is the identity I'm building for myself. But Concrete Rose is just in the essence of just coming from the struggle and pain and stress and no identity and low self-esteem and no self-esteem to 
building myself up to where I can hold myself up on my own as of now. From the bottom to the top. <laughs> Something good coming out of like struggle. I love that the name came from and was inspired by your daughter and clearly has a very personal meaning to you and you then use your platform to help you with your internal goals and also then helping others along their journey. Thinking about the journey then, if I were to chat to you again in five years time, what would you like to have achieved by then and who would Taj be? Probably by then, (laughs) I would have in my books, um, an ultra runner, way more stronger, hopefully have two powerlifting meets under my belt by then, and out of grad school. (laughs) That's what I would like to be at. What was your undergraduate degree in? And then what would you like to have completed for your graduate program? My undergrad degree is in psychology. And I have a minor in um, criminal justice. Good question. I have not made my mind up. Um, I'm highly considering counseling, um, becoming a counselor or therapist, one of the two. Is there anything that I should have asked you that perhaps I don't know you well enough to ask or a question you were hoping that you would have answered today? I think you did well. You covered everything, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) You got my insight on a lot of stuff, actually. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Well, that is good to know. How about parting tips for the listeners? The main thing, I know you often see me post about this. My main parting point is never lose yourself. And if you do lose yourself, find yourself. Do that unapologetically. You might lose friends, family members, but you have to put yourself first before you can assist and help and guide. And if your mother be a mother, wife be a wife, you have to put yourself first. Like. Because I lost myself so much, that's just like my mantra. It's important that you find yourself and never let her go or him. (laughs) I love that mantra, Taj. If people would like to follow along with your sisters of powerlifting meet or want to connect to you on social media, where can they find you? There's Sisters of Powerlifting. That's the main page. And then the other page is Legends of the Sisterhood. How many women do you expect will participate? From the last I know, it's like 40 women that are participating in this meet. I'll be the only Muslim woman that's in that meet. And I have another Muslim sister that she's done a meet. She hopefully she'll be there with me to like coach me for the day because it's like an all-day event pretty much i will be the only um Muslim sister there which is cool i'm all about <laughs> representing all these spaces some strong women <laughs> these it's a lot of powerhouses that's going to be there <laughs> and of course you are one of those powerhouses yes <laughs> yes 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 and finally, your personal Instagram page is concreterose76 with an underscore there. I will link to that in the show notes. 
Well, thank you so much, Taj. I have really enjoyed chatting to you today. Best of luck with the Sisters of Powerlifting Meet and all of your running and lifting goals for 2021 and beyond. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So much is is needed. (laughs) Thank you. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of the Ran By Nature podcast. I am the founder and host, Bryna Christmas. Ran By Nature is an ethical and sustainable athleisure clothing brand, creating positive change to people and the planet through an inclusive community. The clothing will be launching soon and I will provide updates here. So make sure you have subscribed on your preferred podcast platform. This week I received the toils and samples of the clothing and I have been receiving feedback via Instagram polls and testing the fit and feel of the products to make sure they are supporting you in all elements. Series 2 of the podcast focuses on planting a seed by sharing brands, businesses and other people's challenges and experiences to encourage you to take that first step and make a change. In today's episode, I am joined by Taj, more famously known on Instagram perhaps as Concrete Rose, a runner, powerlifter and advocate for black and Muslim women and indeed any women. This summer, Taj is planning to compete in the Sisters of Powerlifting meet and she set herself a challenge of running in all 50 states. To date, she has completed 12. We talk about her experiences of running and powerlifting, the successes and challenges that women, in particular black and Muslim women, face and even her experience of watching a nun run in Cleveland. You can follow Taj's powerlifting progress at Sisters of Powerlifting and at Legends of the Sisterhood. You can also personally connect with Taj at Concrete Rose underscore 76. Here is episode 12. Thank you for listening to today's episode. In honour of Taj's mantra of putting yourself first, this week we are setting you a challenge to do something for you. This could be going outside for a walk, sitting down with a cup of tea and reading a book. Whatever it is, take that moment to listen to your own gut and put yourself first. With everything going on in the world, you definitely deserve to do that. And why not tag us in a post so we can share what everyone else is doing and encourage others to put themselves first. You can listen to our next episode by following the link to our website in our Instagram bio. Or you can go straight to www.rambynature.com. While you're there, why not join our community? We promise we send encouraging emails only. You can also connect with the Rambi Nature community on Instagram at Rambi Nature. 
where you will find Instagram lives, behind the scenes on starting an athleisure clothing brand, and of course, lots of encouragement to give you the confidence to get outdoors and move your body. See you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. In honour of Taj's mantra of putting yourself first, this week we are setting you a challenge to do something for you. This could be going outside for a walk, sitting down with a cup of tea and reading a book. Whatever it is, take that moment to listen to your own gut and put yourself first. And why not tag us in a post so we can share what everyone else is doing? You can listen to our next episode by following the link to our website in our Instagram bio. Or you can go straight to www.runbynature.com. While you're there, why not join our community? We promise we send encouraging emails only. See you next week.